Okay, here we go. Yo, 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 yo. Welcome back to the Same 12 Notes podcast. My name is AJ, aka she ordered Kobe beef like Shaquille O'Neal. Tired Slopo back in the building. No sign this week. No. Off doing grown up things. He is. I feel, I feel like I'm missing the, the third energy in the room. There was some feedback given uh, about the last time I wasn't on the episode, and it was, I didn't know whether to take it as, as an insult or a compliment. The feedback from this individual, you know who you are. I think this person gets name dropped in the podcast more than anyone else <laughs> um, <laughs> without actually getting name dropped. Uh, that said that basically not having me in the podcast, it was harder to listen to because you two know more than I do. You sort of need that ignorance in the room to oh, break wow. it up a little bit. <laughs> it was like, yeah, it was like quite heady listening to the last episode because, well, you know, you know what sign's like. Sign goes on his TED Talks and, you know, so do you. And then I'm just there like, hi, I'm I'm over here not knowing what's going on. <laughs> we we hip hop book smart. I am the... Um, I'm the audience proxy in the room. That's what I'm here to do. <laughs> like, you know, in a film when everyone's like superheroing about yeah. and you've got like the person that's supposed to like reflect the audience so that they can project onto that. That's me here. Oh, okay. That's what I'm here for. Well, I think we might need coffee in a bit, but we're good. We move. We really, really here. We move. It's been a sad week, but we'll, uh, we'll talk about that later. We're gonna have a special guest up on the show. Uh, phone in live from miles away to uh talk about the sad news but we'll get to that happy news first happy news um happy news is jay huss has put out a fucking incredible album i have to say considering it's like not my bag i did enjoy it it was a it was a really good vibe it played it played nicely today whilst i was getting about doing my work uh, it was it was good. I'm going back to old AJ really? where I have no adjectives. <laughs> this is the thing. This is why I am the audience proxy because it's difficult to really comment on something in detail that you don't know much about. Mm. So all I can glean from it is yes, I enjoyed it, and then from there I will go and learn more. Oh, you really tired? Uh, I will go off, you know, move forth and prosper, and I will learn more. For now, as this is my first. Again, like most things that I listen to these days, like my first proper introduction to Jay Huss. Yeah. And I really enjoyed it. Uh, the Burner Boy track. The Burner Boy was track was incredible. so sick. And what I love- in the background while we're talking. What I love about the Burner Boy track is if you listen to the lyrics of what Burner Boy is saying, he's talking the most greasy crud. Like, it's mad what he's talking about. It's great. What he's talking about is mad crud, but the way he sings it, he makes it sound so pleasant. <laughs> Should we the lyrics up? So, okay, I possibly completely misattributed something here, but when I was listening to this song, I wanted to ask you to, but then obviously sign isn't here. With You guys have used this phrase and this term, this, this subgenre of Afrobeats. Yeah. Explain that to me. Like, what is the, if I was to Google, like, define Afrobeats, like, spell that out to me. Um... Well, like uh, Afrobeats traditionally is like the like an African African genre of music, where well, uh, it's hard to explain that. So it's a music like, genre which involves the well, combination like, of West African music styles such as Fuji and high life with American funk and jazz, centered on vocals, complex intersecting rhythms and percussion. 
But the whole, the, I think, like, when you see the whole UK movement of it, it's not, it's not Afrobeats. Okay. Like, when, it, when this whole wave kind of first started coming over and was getting really predominant, I think a lot of people didn't know what to call it because it was like, okay, it's not Afrobeats, but it, you can tell that it's heavily influenced from it. It's similar to how grime um, originated from like big Jamaican Caribbean influences and you can hear it in the music. Um, so I know a lot of people was throwing different words around like UK, um, what was it Afro Jiggy and stuff like that. Um, but Jay Huss was one, I think he's probably the, the, what the one of the biggest pioneers of this sound. It's a, it's a nice vibe. Um, it's not too, uh, I've been listening to a lot of like, I'd call it quite heavy hip hop recently. Like I've been back on my Denzel hype, which isn't always, unless you're in the mood for that, yeah. there's not always, you know, the vibe that you're looking for. Obviously music to be murdered by is heavy. It's heavy. Um, and th this was a nice breakup for that. Obviously I've had the, um, the fantastic Matt Miller album on, but that was, it wasn't a case of I was going from one to the other. I was either, I was like waking up and on my way to work, Sleepy AJ was, was listening to the, um, God, where are my words gone? Sleepy AJ was listening to the uh, Mac album. And then later on in the day when I needed to like energize myself, I'd get a bit of my, my heavier stuff on. Uh, but this was a nice, almost in between. It wasn't too heavy. It had a nice rhythm to it. It flowed nicely as an album. I always appreciate when the, the switch between tracks isn't too jarring. Yeah. When it goes from one track, like nice and smoothly from one track to the next, uh, the production there, the, the effort that's gone into making that and the track selection, I always appreciate that. It's that extra level of thought that's gone into it. Yeah, the, the, this album just flows really nice. I feel like when you was listening to it, it didn't feel like 13 tracks. It really didn't. Uh, I only got to the end once uh, and I've listened to the first half a couple of times. Well, it was, it's just over 40 minutes. Yes, 40 minutes and 40 seconds. So that is quite like, I'd say that's like a reasonable time for an album, but this did feel like it went really quick. Like, I, I don't know whether, I probably could have listened to another like three or four tracks, you know. I wouldn't, and I, would have, I wouldn't have been mad at it at all. I think, I think the one I saw it online, and like I bear in mind, I waited to listen to this album, uh, so I only started listening to it on Sunday. I think, yeah, I think I started listening to it on Sunday or Monday. So I've not listened massively, it's, and I saw uh, it's Tuesday for the people wondering when we record. Yeah, so I've had like two days of listening so far. I think I've listened to it maybe like three, three, maybe four times so far, all the way through. What do we think about the main single? Uh, I heard that when it came out, I, I it came up when, it was basically not long after I'd got Tidal. So I was actually discovering new music again because it wasn't doing uh, me dirty the way Spotify did. The must be. Yeah. I really like it. It's. It's one that's been running in the clubs. This it's is more. Doing, this is the club vibe. It's doing well. It's doing well in clubs. It's a bit faster. Mm. It's got more of a bit of a bass beat underneath it. Like that little. Um, there's a bass guitar there. Like dum, yeah. da -dum, da -dum. That's more satisfying to the ear, I think. 
And it's got a catchy hook. It's got yeah. a catchy hook. That's what it's there for. That's why. Like Jay Hustlers always give a catchy hook, though. Oh, for real? Always give a catchy hook. I really don't know much. It's one of those names. I don't know much about him. It's one of those names that's just been around. I'd, re I'd recognize the name, but I couldn't have named a song. Mm. No, you definitely could. Yeah, probably actually. Definitely could. You know the 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 big. The, I think the big commercial track that he had that gave him a lot of success was the Lean and Bop track. Yeah, let me find it. Lean and Bop. Lean and Bop. Lean Bop. Lean Bop. That was. I think that was like his big first real commercial chart success. But Jay Huss uh, is sitting on projects that have been incredible. The Common Sense one, yeah, I'm assuming that you've not listened to that. No. I mean, I recognize the album cover though. So it's like, it's one of those weird things that's kind of been in and around what I've been listening to. It's been mm. like on the periphery of the stuff that I've been, I've been interested in. The album cover does look a little bit like the cover for Culture though. Mm. Like they look like they they straight stole that. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I'd need to check the timeline. Dave. Like a, a different, a, a, a distance. Mm. I don't know. I'm not taking anything away from him because I think that this this album's incredible. Um, yeah, it's fun. Yeah, it's fantastic. Also, this, the Common Sense album came out before Culture, so yeah, uh, no disrespect to, to Joe Hill. Um, and it's good to see his name on a lot of the production credits too. I've not actually looked at the production credits. Yeah, his name is all over those credits, uh, which again, it's one of those little things that, for the most people, it doesn't matter. Um, I enjoy seeing the artist. Well, all, I know, all over the album, as I, opposed to just. Um, I know J Five produced a lot of the album. Sorry, as well. not production, comp composition. Uh, I was going to say I know J Five produced a lot of the album. Probably one of the UK's best and producers. And, uh, and TSB appears mm. a lot too. But yeah, uh, and low. Do you know what's quite mad though? Like, I'm assuming that you didn't see much around this until like it got put in our group chat and was like, "Yo, like." listen to this but the album actually leaked a week before oh really how does that still happen like at this point i don't believe anyone when they say it got accidentally leaked how does that stuff happen in 2020 i have no idea i would like i don't know there was there was people there was rumors on the internet where people were thrown around saying that they feel like this was like an inside leak somebody in their team leaked it or then a lot of other people are saying they actually think that this was a planned leak from the team to build up kind of like exposure. Bit of a but, hype. But I don't understand how that would make any sense because then you're just losing out on stream numbers. Yeah. I, I get the whole with the Kanye stuff. When you get a leaked Kanye album, which we've had tons of. It changes though. It, then, then it's just a whole nother album that comes out, but it, yeah. keeps, it keeps the the excitement going it's like oh oh is this what we're gonna get and then they're talking about it and then it adds to the conversation when the album comes out we're going oh it didn't sound like this thing and this is what's changed and i wonder what and the the conversation actually grows because of those leaks if you're gonna leak the actual album yeah what's the benefit what i'm quite surprised about is that the whole album got leaked i refused to listen to it like when it was leaked 
Yeah, support artists. Just because, yeah, just because I was like, I, I, I am a big fan of Jay Hoss and I'm glad I waited because I do think that, I think this is his best work that he's done. Oh, really? Yeah. I think this is his best work. And I feel like when you actually listen to, to it a lot, like, well, say a lot. I've, I've listened to it like three, maybe four times. There's, you, you start, pe- it's like an onion. You start peeling different layers off to yeah. it and you start discovering a lot more. And there's a lot more, there's a lot more to this album. Um, I'm trying to find the example, but um, I can't remember who I saw tweeting about it. Uh, there was tweeting about something to do with the album. And then they started giving up loads of different facts over the weekend about the album. Oh, cool. Um, if I find out who it, if I remember who it is, we'll pull up the the tweets and inform everyone what it was that was going on with it. But I I personally think that this is his best his best work. Um, but yeah, well, as I was saying, I'm kind of surprised that apparently the only song that wasn't leaked from the album there was supposed to be an LMA feature. That would have definitely been the biggest feature, other than maybe Burner Boy, Coffee. Just won best reggae artist at the Grammys. Oh, for real? Mm, at nineteen, first, wow. first black woman for first. Was it? The yeah, youngest? but LMA, LMA's still bigger, and so that's a more recognised. But that's not to take away. Like you've got. I big, don't know. You know, big I names would, on here. Like, that, that, like I'd debate that at the moment. Well, actually, no. There's two, there's two names on here, really. Yeah. Because uh, is it ICA? ICA? IC, ICTGM. I'm looking at that accent and I don't know what to do with it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, that, but then if you click on that name on um, on Tidal, it literally just takes you to those two songs. Right, let's hear the Googles. But yeah, the... And also when I see TGM, I just think about TGFM, like Transport for Greater Manchester. I'm like, oh, God damn you. Oh, wow. I didn't, I didn't think of that, but now I'm, that's going to always be stuck in my head. So fans are speculating... Because this is a brand new name. Uh, according to the internets, fans are speculating that it could be Jay Huss's sister. Okay. So for those who don't know what we are referring to, it's the first two songs, uh, Big Conspiracy and Helicopter. Play the first one. Uh, wait, no, play Helicopter because there's actually a lyric on Helicopter. I think it's Helicopter that I want to go over. There was a big discussion online. But I'm kind of... I'm kind of a little disappointed that they didn't put the LMA feature on, and I don't know whether that's now because... Oh, well, no, I don't think it was this one. I don't know how big, how much, how common it is in UK music. I mean, we saw a lot of it in Stormzy's album. Um, it's refreshing to me to, you've had my opinion on it before, to not see an album full of features. I'm, go- I'm getting a J-Hus album here. Yeah, yeah, the, you can and tell. And the features are selectively used. A little bit like, and to bring it, make that reference again, like when Kanye uses features, it's still very much a Kanye album. I think something that I'm not enjoying in music at the moment is that like, just, just overuse of feature verses. Like, I get it, and they're really exciting to hear, but like, for example, right, I was talking to someone about this the other day. Think about when a track like Forever, only because Eminem's album's just come out. Think about when Forever came out. And you saw that feature list. So you had Lil Wayne, Eminem, Kanye West, Drake. Like that's gods of rap. Yeah. On one track. That's exciting. It's not that exciting anymore. If that happened again, 
maybe if it was those four specifically. We had it with Dreamville. That was the exact, that was the whole point of the project then. Yeah, Forever was just a track with features on it. But because of those names at the time, it was huge. Whereas now if I saw that, I wouldn't be that impressed because like it happens all the time. There's loads of amazing features going on all the time. Yeah, it kind of dilutes the, the special nature of having all of these amazing artists in one place. Like that's most people's albums now. I, th I definitely don't think it was this track that the lyrics on. He's got a lyric basically about, um, oh, what did he say? He said that I fucks my best friend's girl. Um, so when I get a wife, he can fuck her too. <laughs> and like that, that was like a massive thing on the internet at the time when the album came out. I think actually it might've been from when it leaked. A lot of people was putting it up your, kind of just like all your meme pages and stuff like that was going on. But that brought like a massive debate around the whole, the whole uh, topic of what he was saying. So finding on, on Twitter, uh, the, the internet thinking that um, ICTGM is Jay Huss's sister. Oh, wait a minute. Okay, so we don't we don't know who it is. I thought for a minute there that like I was reading an old article that was speculating in the future, but this is J uh, ICTGM on Instagram, mm. and this is a video shared on Twitter of uh, rapping. Bars. So the internet's speculating yeah, she's that she's got bars. Yeah, she has got bars. Um, yeah, it's the, apparently it's Jay Huss's sister. So there you go. We learned something. Mm. I'm looking at her, trying to work out whether they look alike. <laughs> I mean, that, that, that if if he's put his sister on his album, that's dope as fuck. Like, if you Google the name ICTGM, there's very little going about since before this album. There's there's nothing. Everything on here is a couple of days old. Her Instagram, but yeah, like her Instagram. That's it. That's all we got. And she only has five thousand followers. That number's about to explode. Yeah, definitely. All I got to say is big ups to Jay Huss though, because this album's lit. Yeah, it's it's, it's insane. It was so good. I really enjoyed it. Sorry that my uh, my input hasn't been that that's uh, insightful. The people listening. <laughs> I really wanted signs. Yeah, I would have loved to have heard signs review on this. Uh, we. Yeah, it's too late for us to call him. <laughs> oh no, wait. He'll have finished his grown up thing. Do you want to call him? Yeah, let's, yeah, let's call him. Hold on. Oh, I didn't answer. 
<laughs> he's real through with us. Yeah, he's done with our bullshit. <laughs> All right, let's move on. And if he calls us back, then we will uh, we'll invite him on. Uh, the other new music that we had this week, we got some new Tyler music, which excites me the hell out. After his Grammy win, which we'll get onto soon. But yeah, let's. Uh, so we got two new tracks. We got Best Interest and Group B. What I find quite. Um, yeah, they're literally just singles. It's a very. Um, it's sticking in that ego vein. Either of these tracks, in my opinion, especially Best Interest, could have slipped onto ego fairly easily. Have you listened to these? Yeah, yeah. I've not listened to them yet. Oh, they're pretty good. Like I can, all, I, these almost feel to me like um, tracks that didn't make the cut for Ego. Okay. At the very least, this one does. To avoid getting slammed with copyright, I'll crossfade the parts where we just sit quietly and listen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the feds will come and shut us down. I really like this one. The best interest one's nice. It's a nice, relaxing, yeah, chill it, Sunday vibe. It reminds me of the, again, to say it came off Igor, the, the vibe is similar to um, a bit like Earthquake, the start of Igor, where it sort of builds into the album. Yeah, it definitely has Igor vibes all over it. But that's his new bag, isn't it? Like, that's... Where can I get my credits? Here we go. And again, he's fully credited as the uh, he produced, yeah, composed. Uh, we've got Barbara Trotter and Kenneth Chavez uh, as lyricists and composers. But hey, it's self-produced. It's keeping what's, up that. What's the Group B one saying? That's good. they're both actually really short. Yeah, they're not long songs, two minutes. Is this Group B? Yeah. This is nice already. He loves his Giannos. Yeah. Do you know what? This kind of reminds me... This is older. The way he's, yeah, the way he's rapping, this is like old Tyler. Not old old but Tyler. Mixed, but mixed with, yeah, not. It's kind of like, like it, it, it's old Tyler if with, we're gonna, with if we're new gonna, Tyler in the back underneath. Yeah, so if we're going to say like, like um, Bastard and Goblins vintage, yeah, okay. I would say this is old. So yeah. it's like not going as far back as, as that, but. Yeah, you can still hear like the flow and the way he's barring and stuff, but then it's got that new kind of like more grown up. And I think that's what makes Tyler such a great artist. He's diverse. He's, like, he's diverse and he's like, you can see the progression. Like I know when he came onto the scene, what we would have roughly been. But you're older than me. Yeah, so I would have been what, maybe about 2010-ish. Maybe about, about 10 years. Yeah, so about 10 years ago, well, like 16. I would have been about six, yeah, about 16. All right, well, And I remember just being mad ignorant as well. Yeah. The, and that fitted in with Tyler, but as I've grown and has as he's grown, 
I feel like we're in like a similar kind of place musically to what I want to hear. Yes. This kind of vibe, the, I guess you call it just a singing in the background kind of vibe, mm. that kind of thing. Oh, it's so good. Igor deserves all the praise that it's got. My opinion on Igor has changed. Uh, we'll get onto this track in a moment. My my opinion on Igor's really changed. I wasn't as keen on it when it first came out. I was like, I'm not I'm not about this vibe. And then I kind of I had to set aside what my expectation of Tyler was. Yeah, because I st I still stand by. I fucking love Goblin. It's one of my favorite albums. We defended it when we did the decade in review. Yeah, I stand by. I'm still not happy that 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 beat section eighty. Yeah. <laughs> Never mind. The I stand by that as my favorite Tyler album. However, when I set that aside and then took Igor on its own on an island, that's when I appreciated it. Igor is an incredible album. It's superb. It deserves it deserved its album of the year, hundred uh, percent. Next new track we got uh, Wilma Archer featuring MF Doom uh, called I, Last Sniff. I literally had saw nothing from this as well. This is the first time I've heard this. I'm just looking at new tracks. I'm always happy to hear more from MF Doom. As the clock ticks, he plays the low end while sticks. Pause, deep cover, binocular optics. Only spotted a right screen on a chopstick. Zoomed out to notice a shiny badge. Officer dropkick. Must have been pork fries. Spillage. I would have liked to have seen MF Doom on the, the Gods of Rap. Yeah. 100%. Have you seen the new lineup for Gods of Rap? No, we're getting a new one. Yeah, Gods of Rap 2. Uh, so we've got Gangstar. Um, can't remember who else was on there. I got it. Oh, shit. Nas, DMX. Oh, DMX needs some money, doesn't he? Yeah, DMX <laughs> really needs the money. The Locks. And uh, Gangstar. It's not as good as the first Gods of Rap. I'm sorry, it's just not. No, I mean, they're always going to use the first, the, the biggest idea in the first one. Yeah, of course. I'm not mad at that lineup, though. Not at all. I think DMX definitely doesn't get This is get a different backtrack for Doom. Yeah. This isn't the normal MF Doom vibe, and I, I this I prefer. Sometimes MF Doom isn't fun to listen to. Yeah, this is just more easy listening. Yeah. Like, if you listen to, like, Rhymes Like Dimes... That's probably my favorite MF Doom track. Yeah. It sounds gritty. Mm. It sounds tinny, almost. Like it, the, like the production quality is, is low. Yeah, I kind of like it fits. though. It's, yeah, it's nice and smooth. It's easy. I think there's like a, maybe like a bit of a trend coming around with this easy, smooth hip hop coming back in. Because I know that this used to be, um, this used to be quite a like common thing. I'm just losing my words there. <laughs> um, yeah, this like this kind of rap style of rap. It used to be quite common. A lot of people used to to listen to it, and then I feel like it kind of switched up a bit. Maybe this is going to be like a new trend that's coming back in. You've seen I really a lot hope of, so. You've seen a lot of different people doing it. Like this, I'd put this on the same playlist as. The, the Tyler ones that we just listened yeah, to. Yeah, 100%. And it would, it would well, fit I mean, it, perfectly. It's the third track on um, Tidal suggesting new tracks for me. Uh, I've got one as well. Um, as much as I like Kygo, uh, I'm skipping that track. I've got one here from... Um, remember D Smoke? 
we have, yo, we're rattling through these. This is great efficiency. Uh, we've got a new Meek track featuring Roddy Rich, Letter to Nipsey. Uh, this is the first time I'm hearing this. So let's give this, uh, let's give this a little bit of a listen. Mm. Oh, it's literally. It's addressed to him. Yeah. It's not a metaphorical letter. I like this. Yes. I'm fully here for this. Yeah, back in this. I don't know how Roddy Rich is going to come in on this. I'm just thinking the exact same thing. Like, I'm wait. I want to hear that. Uh, that that trans transition that move over because they're two very different very different artists Oh, nice. Yes. I feel like a YouTuber reacting to videos. That's right literally now, what's but... happening. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I was not expecting. I was expect. Oh, there we go. Yo, this is better than the Meek verse. There is more. There's more character in in uh, Roddy Rich's voice. Roddy's voice. You like you could saying that though. You can. I was about to say you can put. Um, Roddy Rich on any track with anyone, and like he will always stand out because of his voice. It's but unique. I feel like it's got Meek's, a style. Meek's got a unique voice as well that you just know straight away it's Meek. But I don't know if that's through hearing Meek over a long period of time. Yeah, it kind of um, it's a bit like Danny Brown. Like Danny Brown's one of the most unique sounding rappers out there, mm. but I'm not caught off guard by it anymore. Like if I catch Danny yeah. on a on a track. Like, okay, yeah, I know what that is. That was sick. Uh, for anyone that didn't catch the lyrics and the, the content of that track, because we were go hit up chitter chattering over it, go and hit it up. It's amazing. I'm definitely going to give that a bit a more, thorough, a bit more attention. Yeah, a thorough 100%. listen. I won't we'll, have to break that down. Yeah, we'll get, um, we'll get some opinions from Sign if we ever get in touch with him. Uh, there's some other tracks, but I'm not going to play oh, them. There was one artist that I wanted to. Play. I'm noticing a track from Wiz Khalifa, Ty Dolla Sign, "Speed Me Up," uh, which is off the fucking. Uh, for the. <laughs> I'm not here for it. Can, do you recognize that noise? Yeah, Sonic. Nope. I'm not there for yeah, that. Yeah, nope. That can go. Sorry. There's an artist. It's off the new that, Sonic soundtrack. Um, I want to play. It's called Reese Miller. Sega. Um, he's from London, I believe. Uh, but he's put out this album, EP. Uh, it's called Live Loud 2. was going to be a re recommended one for today, but I'm just going to listen to a track on it and I'll come up with something else for the recommended tracks later. 
Yes. I told you, he's hard. That's big. Huge fan of that. Very hard. The, yeah, yeah, this the, is, yeah, the the, the production um, expectation of an artist, it seems to have come back and I'm there for it. I don't, not that I could do it and there is a skill to it in itself, but like getting sent, you know, just getting sent a beat and then rapping over it isn't as impressive as having well, the vision in your head for what the song is going to sound like and doing the, the verse and the, and the lyrics. That to me is just way more impressive. Well, I think there's, there's nobody- You can visualize what both of those sound like in your own head and then make that I think that there's, reality. there's nobody better than, that knows what works for the artist than the artist. Exactly. I think, and I know it's like an extreme example, but when you look at Pharrell, mm -hmm. he knows exactly what works with him and his dun, voice. Dun, dun, dun. And he's, he's infamous. His classic four beat. Mm. But he knows exactly what works for him. And that's why like Pharrell produced like pretty much all, his own all of his own well, shit. And, 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 everyone, fact, and everyone else's. And everyone else. And the fact that he's probably one of the best producers to have ever, ever lived. Ever done it. So we were talking about the letter to Nipsey before. And one of the first lyrics in there um, mentioned the Staples Center. Yeah. My, my segue just completely fell to bits there. Basically, the Grammys was at the Staples Center. That's where I was going with that. Oh. Um, <laughs> Are we both tired today? Oh, man. I've been here like the gym. Sign is the glue that holds this operation together. Um, so we'll quickly rattle through some Grammys news, and then we'll take a quick break, and then we're going to hit up our guest for the day. Uh, first time guest. Uh, you will meet him very soon. So... Lick, let's firstly let's just go through the winners. Let's let's get the Grammy winners list up, um, and get our thoughts on it. Because I think, to be fair, everything I've seen so far, I'm really not that mad at. There's nothing that, considering usually the Grammys is super fucking annoying, I was fine with it. Like, so for record of the year, uh, nominees were Hey Ma by Bonnie Ver. Bad Guy by Billie Eilish, Seven Rings by Ariana Grande, Hard Place by Her, Talk by Khaled, Old Town Road featuring Billy Ray Cyrus by Lil Nas X, Truth Hurts by Lizzo, and Sunflower by Post Malone and Sway Lee. Honestly, any one of those songs for me, even the ones that aren't really my bag, like Hard Place, Seven Rings, and Talk, I've heard all of those, any one of those songs could have won for me, and I wouldn't have been mad at a single one. Hmm. I'm a big Bon Iver uh, bon fan. Old Town Road is Old Town Road at the end of the day. And I don't care how overdone it is at this point. I still love it. It's not a, it's not a Grammy winning song. Um, well, it depends what your criteria is. Like record of the year. Because there's a difference. Because the there's a difference. There's the song of the year and there's record of the year. I, I, to be fair, I think there's an argument to be made that record of the year. Is record of the year not the... Do they not give that as album? No, no they've got album, album of they've the got year. Album so th there's a fine difference. So like, let me just Google it. I, I did this the other day. Uh, the record of the year is more about... So record of the year is awarded for a single off a one track from an album. This award goes to the performing artist, the producer, recording engineer, and or mixer. So that goes to everyone. Yeah, everyone gets it. Us, everyone gets... No matter what it is, if you win song of the year, album of the year, say if you're... 
you're featured on the album. Oh, it's performance you, of the year that goes to just the yeah, yeah, because you like you get the you get the Grammy for album of the year if you're a producer, you're a feature on it. Like you've been on a Grammy award winning album or uh, song. Okay, or right. So record of the year goes to everyone. Song of the year is awarded to the songwriter. So song of the year is awarded right. to the person who wrote the lyrics or the melodies. That's the difference. Well, I still stand by then that Old Town Road is not a record of the year. But I mean, it, it kind of defined the year. It didn't actually, no, it didn't kind of define the year. If you want to know what song defined 2019, it was Old Town Road. We talked about Old Town Road back when we were still recording in Pirate. And we didn't stop talking about it. We've talked about that song so much. That defined 2019, that song. But I feel like- so That's it not was, because it's, you know, it's not, uh, no, it's not I, Beethoven's fifth. No, I give, it, I give it the credit in that it did mad numbers and it did something different. But I feel like we're only, it's only still been spoken about because of Lil Nas X's strategic manipulation of the internet. Yeah. The way that he staggered it out He's like, think about it. He's been pushing the, that song for the longest, like way longer than what anyone else would normally push a single. Yeah, true. Think about how long he, he, he put out the original. Then how long was it until we got the remix? Then from the remix, how long was it until you actually dro until he dropped the video? Yeah, all right. There fair. was a there was it was, a it was very it, it was very stag staggered across. It was, the it's a new it's a new rollout strategy. Like we're going to see a lot more of that. I can guarantee it. After the this massive success that uh, that Old Town Road was, like we're going to see that so much. Mm, I don't think it was record of the year. Like, cause look, I'm not mad. At, I'm not mad at Billie Eilish for winning it. I'm really not. Like, mm. I'm I'm getting sick of her, but that's just because it's not my bag and. Where I work, she's everywhere all the time. To but be, to but be honest, that's not to take away from talent. To and be honest, obviously the, boatloads the, of the it. Grammys just isn't our bag anyway. They don't. True. They, the Grammys don't. But Truth Hurts and Sunflower, two other great songs. Album of the Year, I I Bon Iver, uh, Norman Fucking Rockwell by Lana Del Rey, uh, When We Fall Asleep, Where Do We Go by Billie Eilish, Thank You Next by Ariana Grande, I Used to Know Her, Her. Uh, Seven, Lil Nas X, Cause I Love You, Lizzo, and Father of the Bride by Vampire Weekend. No so you'll know it, yeah, no hip hop on album of the year. There was some incredible hip hop albums as well. I think the reason for that, and this isn't excuses, but I think the reason for that is because- Igor there should is, have been Igor should have been on there. I mean, it got best rap album, but it should have been album of the year. Yeah. I think there is an unconscious bias there that because there is a specific hip hop album of the year category, they're almost unintentionally excluded from the the album the, of the year category. And by the way, when we fall asleep, where do we go by Billie Eilish one? I just think that the Grammys don't really look at hip hop as music. They're like, oh yeah, you can have your own little category over here. And then- They've not caught up yet to like, they still conflate pop music with popular music. Hip hop mm. is popular music. That is where we are at in 2020. Uh, yeah, I just don't think that they- They're not there yet. Best new artist, Black Pumas, Billie Eilish, Lizzo, Lil Nas X, 
Maggie Rogers, Rosalina, Tank of the Bangers, and Yola. <coughs> what now, was that for? Best New Artist. Now, I take issue with this. Lizzo put out Lizzo Bangers in 2015. Not a new artist. She's not a new artist. I mean... This is her blow up. This yeah, is her this absolute is... come up. But she's been active with albums and record deals since the last sort of five years plus. So I'm annoyed by that. But guess what? Look, uh, Billie Eilish won again. Fucking hell. Billie up. Eilish took home five Grammys. And to be fair to her, she's the first artist since 1980 something, I believe, to take home the big four. That is impressive. I don't care who you are. I don't even care if you like her music. That's seriously impressive. She also won Song of the Year for Bad Guy, which we did get... Oh, no, for a second there, I thought we uh, we had a hip-hop track on there. We didn't. Best rap song performance. Uh, it was higher. DJ Khaled featuring Nipsey Hussle and John Legend. Uh, rest in peace to Nipsey. The other uh, nominees were Drip Too Hard by Lil Baby and Gunna. Panini, Lil Nas X. Ballin by Mustard featuring Roddy Rich And The London, uh, Young Thug featuring J. Cole and Travis Scott. Again, I'm not blown away by any of the tracks on that. Um, Drip Too Hard. Yeah. L the London. Yeah. I like Panini, but I wouldn't call it the best rap slash song performance. Ego won best rap album. Wait, who won on that one? Oh, Higher, DJ Khaled featuring Nipsey and John Legend. Raps, what was it? Raps. So it says rash, rap slash song. So does that mean it has to be both? Yeah, I feel like there has to, there has to be. Hey Panini, don't you be a meanie? Yeah, it's a really weird one. Very weird. But I feel like it, I feel like that category it has to have both elements in. I guess so. Which, if you are looking at it for that, I mean, who? How are you going to compete with John Legend's voice? <laughs> you can't. That's like a cheat code to to win that one. You know what? Ego's win for best rap album was even more impressive now that I look at the people that they, he was up against. So Revenge of the Dreamers was nominated for best rap album. Yeah. Championships was nominated for best rap album. Ego, The Lost Boy, and I Am I Was. Love the fact The Lost Boy was up there just to even be considered. My guy. My <laughs> guy. Dave Chappelle. Uh, wait, wait, before we skip over, do you want to do, do you want to talk about Tyler's? Oh, his speech. His speech. Yes. Let me find the uh, the Good. video. Oh, bless him, man. He's such a nice guy. I got mad love for that guy. Is I think the 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 big. <clears throat> well, I loved I love, <laughs> I love the fact that his mum was on stage and she was like, <laughs> and he was like dog, I gotta take my. He was like, I gotta, I gotta do my speech, dog. <laughs> But and like the Grammy the, goes to LA stand up, Igor and Tyler, the creator. Yes. 21 Savage looks so mad. His mum goes absolutely crazy. His mum like chased him onto the stage. Yeah. Like she wasn't actually already there. She just like ran up to that. Like, ah! That's my mom, if y'all wondering. <laughs> this is the whole speech. It's only a couple of minutes. All right, I got to say my speech, dog. 
Oh, bless. Wait, leave this um, bit. Hello. <laughs> All right, so I don't know if I'm going to be up here again, so bear with me. Um, damn, I don't got nothing prepared. Okay. One, to my mother, you did a great job raising this guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, two, to the Clancy's, my manager, my managers, you guys took a seed and watered it. And I thank you for trusting my ideas. Clancy is my slave Three. master. Y'all don't gotta feel obligated to clap all the time. <laughs> Three, to my friends and my family for trusting my ideas and putting up with my annoying, hyperactive energy since we were children, but always being there. This man has never missed a show of mine. This is my day one, and I love this dude, man. <laughs> to, uh, to my fans and my label, again, trusting my crazy ideas. To the new fans, to the old ones, all the crazy stuff I do. I, I, I never fully fe felt accepted in, in rap and stuff, so for y'all to always stand by me and get me here, I really appreciate that. And uh, I don't know if he's here, but I really oh, want to thank off. Terrell Williams because, <laughs> oh, again, wow. growing up, well, feeling left yeah, the center whole, to uh, a the whole lot thing of stuff that I, that I wanted to get to was he was just, um, he said, he, he said, <laughs> he said, he said, he said, uh, urban is just another way to say nigger. <laughs> Wait, did he say that on stage? Um, that man has his... allowed me to be comfortable with myself and has no, opened up doors that you guys cannot oh, okay. Before I met him and when I, I met him. I love how they so keep turning the music up I until he gets the fuck off stage. Yeah. I think that maybe it's because he'd said, I don't know whether he said that after. Um, I think he said it after Diddy's speech though, to be honest. Uh, we are, we have a guest waiting on the phone, so we will quickly run through the last few Grammy um, noms and quickly talk about Dave Chappelle. Uh, I don't know the full details. There's, so. there's, too, uh, there's not much to say about Dave Chappelle. He didn't go and get his Grammy because he was stuck in LA traffic. Oh, was that it? Yeah. They made a big thing about oh, it. I loads. thought it was going to be exciting. I thought no, he had something to say. No, nah, loads of um, things were just doing it for clickbait. Oh, goddamn. It's just uh, you, you expect him to say well, something. Well, Dave Chappelle won Best Comedy Album. Uh, we had Best Pop Solo Performance, went to Lizzo for Truth Hurts. Best Pop Vocal Album, went to Billie Eilish. Best Pop Duo slash Group Performance, went to Old Town Road. I mean, it had to take at least one, didn't it? Which is fine, I'm cool with that. Anderson Pack won Best R&B Album. Phineas won Producer of the Year Non-Classical. Uh, if you just want, if you want literally quickly what Tyler was saying before we jump on the phone, um, he put, he said, I'm half and half on it. Uh, on one side, I'm half I'm, and half on it. Yeah. Uh, on one side, I'm grateful that what I can make can be acknowledged in a world like this, but it also sucks that whenever we, and I mean guys that look like me, do anything that's genre bending or anything, they always put it in a rap or urban category which is, and I don't like that word, and I don't like that urban word, it's just the politi Political. <laughs> pol politically correct way to say the M word to me. So when I hear that, I'm just like, why can't we be in pop? Um, he continued, so I felt 
like that's half and half on the rap nomination was a backhanded compliment like oh my little cousin wants to play the game let's give him the unplug controller so, so that he can shut up and feel good about it <laughs> i'll tell you what, i'm gonna find the audio of that and i'll i'll stick it in yeah uh last ones best rap performance went to racks in the middle best rap song went to a lot um, i'm not mad at that no not me neither uh, and as far as anything that the people who are listening to this should be concerned best engineered album went to billy eilish like billy eilish and her brother cleaned up the grammys and that's it that's it for people who care about that part of the grammys obviously the grammys goes on forever man like i still laugh to this day about that uh that simpsons episode where they're in the the beatles piss take band like the b sharps mm. and they win a load of grammys and Homer like throws one out the window and it hits someone on the head. Yeah. He's just like, I've got fucking loads of these. I don't need this. <laughs> like, Do you know what I think? Fuck the Grammys. Yeah, man. I still stand by fuck the Grammys. But there's still, we still talk about them. Should we stop talking about them? No, because I think they are, they're a, they're a benchmark for where like the culture that isn't our culture is at. It's kind of like the Oscars. The Oscars is a good fence post for this is what like old white people think. Yeah, but what do old white people know? Especially when it comes to black culture. I yeah. feel like they're not really... No, should... they're not there. But like, it's just start, it's starting to get better, but there's still a long way to go. I know. Well, how can, we, how can we expect the Grammys to get it right when the BET Awards doesn't get it right? That's a good point. And on that, on that we're going to take a quick break, and then we will be back with our very special guest uh, to talk about the sad news. We probably should have started with the sad news, but hey, people's schedules don't line up. Kobe Bryant... When I think of Kobe, one word comes to mind, amnesia. In all aspects of life, Kobe had self-inflicted amnesia. He taught himself, whether taking the last shot, arguing with a teammate, or the pain of an injury, he simply forgot and moved on to the next one with no negative memories from the past. Failure didn't scare him because failure didn't exist. This is what I love about COVID. Okay, we are back with our special guest, uh, Mike. He is our resident NBA expert, because if you haven't guessed by now, we're going to talk about the, the tragic news of Kobe Bryant's uh, helicopter crash and the accident and what that means for that part of the culture. Um, and as someone who's tried really hard to enjoy NBA over the years, but not really been able to, like with any sport, I'm just really bad at getting into something i'm very set in my ways as we know i'm like a 45 year old man i have to get in this, into the statistics to enjoy nba when you start looking at the stats that's when you enjoy it oh for real yeah. i mean i was on the do you remember that time we were doing the that episode and i was on the nba website and i was like there's so many numbers like, <laughs> i do remember that it's like a whole maths course mike introduce yourself to the people hello everyone my name is mike um this is my first time ever on a podcast, and it's a shame that it has to be has to talk about such a tragic event. Um, but just a quick aside before I start, AJ, if you want to get into basketball, I do recommend just watching Shannon and Skip, or Skip and Shannon, um, Undisputed. They even have their own podcast. Just they're very entertaining people, and they talk about the NBA. So I think it's one of those things uh, that I've I've been sort of on the periphery of being into because I'm into my sneakers and I'm into hip hop and they're all kind of tied yeah. together. Like somebody yeah. can make a basketball reference yeah. in, a, in a lyric or in, in conversation and I'll get it. Like it, it doesn't completely go over my head, but I find that with a lot of things like the, 
this culture that spreads out of hip hop is is so broad yeah. that even things that I'm just kind of passively into kind of touch on it. Like I said, sneakers, sneakers and hip hop are so tightly integrated and tightly woven. You can't really be into sneakers without that bit of hip hop knowledge creeping in. And ultimately I walk around wearing Jordan ones most days and I would be ignorant yeah. not to know the history behind that. So there's a little bit of that there. Speaking um, of one which, of the, uh, Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. I was just going to say one of, one of the key players in the instrument of, you know, allowing hip hop to be portrayed in the NBA is Alan Iverson. Yes. He went, he went against the code. He broke all the dress rules and he paved the way to now, you see NBA players wearing like, you know, what most people would think is the most ridiculous thing, but it's, they're just, they get to portray their own style and character. And I, he was, was uh, my favorite player ever. I you see, was the one you see PJ on the court all the time wearing like crazy expensive, crazy hype shoes. He's just like, yeah. just sneakers, aren't they? Uh, the, I forgot where I was going. Don't uh, worry. I, can, I can edit my silences out. It's cool. This is the beauty of uh, okay. pre-recording. I like it. Uh, the, the I'll tell you one thing that I found that was the most upsetting thing about this entire story. Um, the the internet never fails to shock me. Uh, a couple of things happened that I was kind of disgusted by. First of all, yeah. within, within a couple of hours of it happening, I was scrolling through Twitter and I saw a video that I did not need to see of the of the crash. Yeah, yeah. some people are saying that that because there was multiple videos going around that. Um, in fairness, if I saw a helicopter spinning out in the sky, I'm I'm gonna get my phone out. Well, there's a they're saying that some of the videos are fake, that people have doing, which which makes the whole thing worse. The fact that some people are just trying to jump on it for clout and views and to boost their own page up, being like, oh look, there's the the accident, and it's it's quite sad that as people in the 21st century that we go straight to, oh let me see it, and it's. You don't, we don't need to see that. The other thing that I... For me as well, there was, uh, in terms of like how bad the internet was, um, when it initially started reporting, there was um, like everyone knew about Kobe and then it started to filter out about the other people on it. But yeah. there was some, there was a news source, obviously I'm not going to mention the name, but it's a pretty big one in America. And they like were saying it's Kobe and all of his daughters. And I was like, they did, although they admitted it's un unconfirmed, I was like, I feel like they were just saying that for clickbait that people yeah. would go on there. And, and like, to me, that's awful. Like, imagine if you're Vanessa and like, I don't know if any of his other, the other three daughters were with Vanessa, but imagine if like you're reading that yeah. and you know, if you're not with your daughters, like that for me was like absolutely terrible. I think, well, it took me um, a little while to find out that his, his daughter was on board with him. Yeah. Like, I didn't find that out straight away. That wasn't, that wasn't the new. Yeah, that, yeah. that took a few hours to to come out. Yeah, I don't think. I think what what happened was everybody knew Kobe was definitely they knew Kobe and they knew there were passengers and a lot of a lot of reports were saying we kind of confirm it's unfortunately Kobe, but there were there were no like no one was confirming about the other people. There was just this one site that like claimed all of Kobe's like daughters were with him, and the I thought thing, you can't you can't do that. The other thing that I found this week and. The, you know, whenever you're in a in any kind of community, in any kind of um, subculture, so in this case, sneakers, there's the good and the bad. Like there's the there's the devil and the yeah. angels. Like 
in some of the sneaker groups that I'm in on Facebook, you had two very polar opposite things happening. You had people hiking up the prices of the Kobe's like wow. three times. That's ridiculous. Which is sick. And then you had the people, which I would say were the louder group, actively calling for them all to be banned from the groups. It's like, that's disgraceful. Stop doing what you're doing. Yeah. Um, there were places like Jay's Two Cents um, in, in like his stores in Las Vegas. He was like, we're not consigning any more Kobe's for the next couple of months. Uh, and all of the ones that are currently in stock are going to be they're going to be left on sale at their price a week ago. Mm. So the prices have gone down, uh, and the only people and like we're going to make sort of make a sense check when people come to buy them. Like, are you buying these because you want to pay tribute? Are you buying these because you you respect the the man, or are you buying these because you're a scum? Yeah, I think as well it's. Obviously, because we've lost the legend, it is quite sad. But the there was a lot of other people on the plane that lost that lost their life as well. Yeah. So yeah, I feel like they people kind of still need to. If you want to pay respects, pay respects to everyone. Absolutely, Mike. Can you tell us a yeah. little bit more about from a from an NBA connoisseur kind of point of view? Uh, Kobe's one of those names that I know as a non fan. Like, there's a few names that you know: LeBron, Steph Curry, Kobe, Shaq. Jordan, Iverson, those yeah. names that uh, like transcend the sport that aren't just that they're famous outside of their own world. What what made Kobe such a legend? Why why is it that he is what made him special? What made him the I believe third highest point scorer? He got overtaken by uh, LeBron. by LeBron. So this now week. technically technically he's the fourth, oh. um, like as of last week because LeBron overtook him, but. I don't know if you've heard, so as you were saying, he transcended the sport and, you know, like you were saying, there are people who know nothing about the NBA, but I'm sure we've all met someone who's like tried to like throw something in the bin and just shouted Kobe, Kobe. you know, that was exactly, that was, you know, that was the thing. And on the Saturday before even, I was uh, like playing some beer pong and, you know, every, every like other word was like Kobe, you know, trying to get it in. And it all stemmed for him because he, he grew up in Italy and he was a massive fan of, uh, um, massive fan of football but obviously he played basketball like that was his main that was his main career and um, you may have heard the term Kobe mentality yeah so one of the reasons why he was so good he was people you'll hear this phrase banded about like, but he was the closest thing to Michael Jordan just in terms of his mentality for the game like he had the uh, his view was I am going to be the best that I can possibly be at the sport and he understood that that would mean sacrificing a lot of things so during when he was like during the NBA season and even during the off season, he was laser focused. His work ethic was insane. You hear, and that's what the like mama mentality is. It was all about his work ethic. It was like unparalleled, apart from you know again maybe Jordan. Like that's where the comparison comes in. But it goes a bit beyond that as well. So even um, I don't know if you've seen, but there were like a lot of videos. Like this is a few years ago, so not now. But some guy must have spent a lot of time. Um, and he put side-by-side -side videos of Michael Jordan and Kobe and the moves that they did. And Kobe makes no secret of it, but he was like, I studied Michael Jordan religiously. And so many of the moves on the court that Kobe does, this guy like like managed, I don't know how many clips he did, but you know, every time MJ did some kind of move, he was able to link it side-by-side -side with Kobe doing the same move. And that's it. He was just that good. There was just all of that dedication. And I think it's a bit weird because if people were a bit on the outside about it, he may have seemed like he was 
like not overly a nice person. Not not that he wasn't a nice person, but just because he was so focused, like he didn't really chat to anyone or anything like that. But it's kind of a bit of both. When you were playing him, or or when he was going up against someone, he was like he's you know up there with the most competitive person. So you know he's not going to like be smiley smiley on the court, yeah. you know on on the court. He's not going to like shake hands with you. You know you are like you're his enemy. He's here to beat you. He's here to win. Yeah. But then at the same time, you hear like so many stories. Like no one ever has any a bad word to say about him in terms of like basketball and things like that. Because anytime anybody reached out to him, especially like the current generation. He was always there to help guide them, help get them through anything, mentor. Um, and I think I would even say I think his closest friend in the game is Tracy McGrady, GMAC. I'm sure many people would have, like I assume, you know, should have heard of them if they followed the NBA. Sure. And he's the only person I can think of that Kobe kind of said was better than him. And that's, and that's literally because he said, Tracy McGrady is like me, but a bit taller. Yeah. So. And, and like it's true, and it's unfortunate that Tracy McGrady, you know, his career was derailed by injuries. But him and Kobe were on that same path, and he came into the league a year after Kobe. And T-Mac reached out to Kobe because both of them came straight out of high school, which is something that you can't really do anymore. But um, and T-Mac was having trouble, and Kobe, so like I say, he was still in his ruthless. This is when he was young, so he would have been like eighteen, nineteen. You know, but he was still there to talk T-Mac through all of the stuff, and that's the kind of person he was. Like he was a killer on the court, um, and like off the court, like on the side. Like if you needed support and you reached out to him, he would he would definitely help you. I mean, I'm I'm looking at his his highlights and awards, and that is a pretty decorated list. Um, One of his. Let me like let me like you know I can I can I can list a few here. So Go for this it. This is like off the top of my memory. Um, came straight out of high school, which is a pretty big deal. Um, he was picked thirteenth in the draft by the Hornets and traded to the Lakers. So. I think we know who won out of that out of that trade deal. Um, <laughs> he was uh, he's the first. Um, he's like one of the first in terms of shooting in NBA history to play twenty seasons, five championships, two gold medals at the Olympics. I think he led the three gold medals. Oh, oh, yeah, two, and then two. Uh, I think he led the scoring in NBA for two years uh, consecutively in a row. Um, 2007 dunk champion, 18-time All-Star appearance, and I think 15 uh, NBA All-Team, 12 All-Defensive. So, you know, everyone just thinks of him as someone that, you know, jacked up loads of shots, and he was pretty efficient at it and scored. But, you know, he was he was a ruthless defender as well. Yeah, Won yeah. the MVP in 2008. And um, everybody, I think, universally, all the pundits, they agree, he'll definitely be, like, top eight greatest of all time. What do we think about um, um, the the calls to change change the NBA logo? I think I don't think that will happen. I just think yeah. um, I forgot the guy's name who it's based on. Uh, which Hold is on, obviously I'm going to find it now. Terrible, but um, I just think that like that and it's that that logo with that guy is is in itself iconic. Yeah, I think there I, were other ways. That, I think that there were there were other ways the NBA like you know the Lakers have retired had a, eight and twenty four, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, that that happened without. Is the the only player in NBA history to ever have two numbers at the same club as well? Oh, really? Yeah, Yeah. no one's ever had that before. I did not know Um, that. And just to touch on these other highlights, the I think the the big one that stands out for me is the eighty-one point um, scoring game that he that he played in. Yeah, that was huge. That was like. 
I think for me, that was when I was like, oh shit, this guy is like... Jerry West. Yeah, I thought it was Jerry West. And obviously, you know, like, um, there, there's a link between Jerry West at the time, in Kobe's prime, like he was the um, general manager of the Lakers. So the bond between Jerry West and Kobe was huge. Um, so, you know, like there was a, there was a clip of Jerry West talking about it. Like so many people that were talking about it were just like bursting into tears, like while they were trying to convey what Kobe meant to them. And these are like news reporter journalists that report on the NBA, a lot of players talking about it. Um, and although initially there were calls to cancel some of the games, which I felt would have been understandable, but the best that they could do, which again is still a, you know, it's a good way to pay respects, is they did, um, you know, the shot clock, the sh- shot clock. Um, you've got 24 seconds basically to, yes. basically, yeah, you know, to get it in. So, um, a lot of teams they just dribbled out 24. The first two 24 seconds, they one team dribbled out 24 seconds, took the took the hit, and then the other team did it just to show as a, you know, to, to like pay their respect to Kobe. Yeah, yeah. Nice. and like it was, you know, it was fitting that the 24 second shot clock was also obviously his number as well. Yeah. If anyone was playing um, on 2K. Over the last couple of days as well, you'll see that every single person in the park has put um, a Lakers shirt on and then like there wasn't playing in the park games. It was just all walking around in a circle. Yo, that's mad. So, I don't know. I think I, I think I quite like the, again, and this is coming from a non-fan, so the attachment to the logo isn't there for me. I, I think that would be an amazing way to pay respect. Uh, there's some pretty cool stills that have been put forward as possible, um, I mean, as possible logo refreshes. I think that would be. I, I think it's a nice idea. I don't. I, I, don't I mean, know. it it is, but God forbid that anybody else from the NBA with that's kind of like legendary status is in an accident like that. It's then would would they would they have to change it for them as well? Do you know what I mean? I guess, but there's a first. Everything's a first, isn't it? Like, you can't do it every time, but we'll mm. do it. We'll do it this time. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what I think f- it's just. I think it's just one of those logos, though. That like Jerry West being on it in itself is very significant. And yeah. you know, I'm not. I'm not. I, like, I don't want to get into a thing of what's more significant. I mean, obviously, like, Jerry West still alive. Kobe, like, really unfortunate what's happened. But I think there's 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 loads of other ways that we can pay respect to Kobe Bryant. Um, that doesn't involve like the actual kind of like representation of the sport, which is that because that logo is universally known worldwide, and yes, everybody would be aware of what it meant if it changed. But I don't know. That's like that's like the the solid like foundation of the sport itself. Yeah. Um. So I can kind of understand. Like they they will find. Trust me, there will be many many different ways they can find that they will find to show their respect to Kobe. I heard. Um, um, I heard calls to have. For the All Star Game, uh, to have one side one side play all in number eight, 24. and the other side play yeah. in twenty four. That would be a very nice tribute. Yeah. I would. I'd like That'd to see that. Nice. I'd. I'd love to see that happen. I was unaware that his um his. I saw an interview that uh, that Kobe did. Obviously, whilst my Instagram and other social media has been absolutely flooded with with Kobe stuff, um, and obviously rightly so. Um, of um, apparently like people would come up to him on the street, and and be like, "When are you gonna? When are you and?" Vanessa gonna have a son. Like, who's gonna carry on the the legacy? And then his daughter stood right next to him, and be like, "Yo, I'm over here." His daughter, um, as well. Uh, I, I'm, I believe. I'm not sure whether it's true, but when the accident happened, they were on the there way. There was to, on the way to one of her games. Yeah, I believe there was, was another parent and uh, 
and player. Yeah, yeah. So if you want my details, so I've, I've looked into this a lot. So because we also do want to pay our respects. So in total, there were nine. There were nine unfortunate victims. Um, you have the pilot, Kobe, and his daughter um, Gianna. She was thirteen. Um, but yeah, they were on the way to one of our games. Um, so there were two other players and uh, the parents, and there was the assistant coach as well. Um, and just for those people who kind of like, you know, like, why did you take a helicopter? Kobe helicopter around LA for like decades. Just there's there's a lot like a lot of traffic. This wasn't like an uh, an out of norm situation. This is just his yeah, way of getting LA, around LA. LA. LA traffic is known it's for great, yeah. being ridiculous. Well, I mean, it stopped Dave you know, from getting it, to the Grammys. And it's not, and it's not like his way of like stunning and anything like that. It was literally like because like he had a ridiculous schedule. He was just like, this is just how I'm going to get around, just because it's efficient. Yeah. Obviously, he can afford it, but like you know, it's not him stunting or anything. This is just, it was just like you know, if you could do it to get to work faster, you would, you you would do it. So this wasn't like a new thing for them. Um, I mean, I'm sure if, if people don't know the kind of details, all we kind of know is uh, it was pretty. It was foggy during the morning. I think um, the police had grounded their helicopters, but the pilot was given permission to fly. It was flying a bit um, lower than usual though, wasn't there? Also what happened was he, he requested because there was like some other air traffic, um, he requested help from air traffic control to help guide him. Yeah. But they said he was they said that it was too low for their radar to pick him up. And then uh, the last thing they can tell on the radar that the aircraft rose higher, but then there was no really any more communication. Um, so that obviously something something went wrong during that ascent. Um, we don't know what like the the actual heli. You know, no one's blaming the pilot. He's no one's blaming like the helicopter. Like obviously the investigation is still ongoing. Um, I mean, it doesn't change the fact of what happened. All the you know all the families. Um, you know, we just got to pay our respects to Kobe, Vanessa, three daughters. But yeah, also like people really shouldn't forget the other the other people that died as well. Absolutely not. Like, I think that's that's one of the the sad things that happens, isn't it? When when something like this happens, that we we often forget the other people yeah. involved. Uh, when when someone famous passes away in an accident, there's usually other people involved too, and it and it kind of yeah. sometimes gets overshadowed. But with that said, I have seen more coverage of the other people. Uh, that, yep. that sadly lost their lives in this accident in this incident than I yeah. have in previous ones. Like it feels like that community, the people that are reporting on this, the people that are reading this news, there seems to be a lot of love and respect there. Well, it was, it was friends of the family as well. It would have been people that they would have been talking to every single day. So I feel like just think it just, it's just natural for them to be like, yo, like, didn't pay respect to our friends and and family that we've lost. It's a very odd feeling though, knowing that Kobe's passed. Um, he was absolutely one of the one of the greatest talents the sport's ever seen. And uh, whether or not you really liked his personality, he could be quite abrasive and brash. Uh, when he spoke, uh, people listened. He was he was an expert. Uh, and he commanded respect. There's really a gaping chasm in the future of basketball um, w with him having died. Uh, it's really sad for the sport, and not to mention his family. I mean, that's horrific. Um, but for the for, 
for the sport itself. You know, you could have seen him being one of the great analytical minds of the sport and, and the amount of people he coached and what he'd do to the future development of the game is just, it's it's probably the most staggering loss of a, a sports scene, I think, um, from one individual at least. Just somebody that was going to have so much influence. Everyone in the world says his name when they throw a piece of paper in a bin. That's how household he is. Socks in the hamper. Kobe. Shit, man. Dark times. Uh, Mike, have you got any... Before we... Uh, I want to wrap up with a few Kobe hip-hop lyrics. Um, are there any Kobe moments in the NBA that really stand out for you as a as our basketball man? I mean, the 81 point is insane. Um, there's another one when he went up against Jordan and that battle was... Well, okay, there's, there's two. So there's that one, that battle was insane because him and Jordan like trash-talked each other because Jordan was the ultimate trash-talker and, you know, Kobe was literally like the student of, you know, he studied Jordan, so... That was that was just, there was just an always funny back and forth like it was pretty much just MJ versus Kobe and I think MJ at the time because he was still like on the top one out because Kobe was a young pup as they say coming into the league. Um, there was ah oh, it's escaped my memory now just while it while it comes back I don't know if anyone is aware of this but post retirement you know he won um, an Academy Award for a short film. Yes, uh, Dear Basketball. Yeah, that's pretty so amazing. That's the thing like his second life was starting because a lot of players when they retire you know like from like any sport when you retire you're kind of like what do i what do i do with my life like, and it can be difficult for some players but kobe's focus was on his kids um you know he was uh like coaching his basketball his daughter's basketball team and also getting into he became like a venture capitalist and you know basically whatever he did and set his mind on he would he would he would do it the best of his abilities and he's one of those people where when he did it to the best of his abilities he you know would come out on top um and sorry i remember the, the second point it has to be the iconic this he played so many times but kobe was known as somebody that would kind of like they claimed he would like shoot and hog the ball but we've all seen that clip of him ali upin to shack the dunk in the lakers i'm I sure th there's been loads of clips i think that that was probably in my opinion the the greatest partnership that of, was yeah, of yeah. All time oh yeah, as that well. was. If they and like if they stayed together, they definitely would have won more championships. Yeah, one hundred percent. There was yeah. the, and, there was and the and highest like, scoring the, duo in um, history, NBA history at the time, wasn't there? Yeah, like yeah, it, it was insane. And like another thing of people on the periphery, like I know they went their separate ways, but they still they still like respected. They still they still you know had they still like loved each other. You know, like I'm sure uh, you can see a lot of players tweeting out, but like Shaq was really hit hard. So there was no like animosity between them when Shaq um, parted ways and stuff. Yeah. But um, yeah, like that's what that, that again, you can kind of see in that testament where on court it looked like there was friction between them. And yeah, there may have been when you've got two superstars who want to be like the dominant players, but at the end of the day, when all said and done, there was still respect and there was still love for each other. And that's kind of how Kobe be remembered man he was as as his, his black mamba mentality was i think he called himself that because he wanted to be like the snake yeah which is just like 99 percent accuracy and like 
mad accelerates like it's just mamba mentality man black mamba black mamba out, out unfortunately yeah man are there any uh, oh, go, go on, yeah go on. no it's just i don't know like i've never there's been loads of celebrity deaths of, and i don't know why this one like this one hit me when i when i read it on um, I've seen a lot of people say like, that, like, it's take. I haven't weird. had that yet. I haven't had that moment yet where I've been really sad about celebrity death. I think one that really got yeah. me was when uh, David Bowie passed away. There's a few, but I haven't experienced one yet that, like, really hit me. That, like, like I'm not going to lie, when, um, when, when MJ died, it was, you know, like, obviously uh, the world grieved then, but, you know, my love for basketball, and I think because I you know you kind of watched everything like a lot of my life you hear these you hear about these athletes i think it's obviously more of my time was invested in nba so i think that's it it's that and it's just like the sh- like it's just a sheer shock you just i mean i think the reason why he was at the forefront of our mind is lebron passed him in the all-time list the week before and kobe like congratulated yeah, him yeah yeah and like there was an interview with lebron about you know, like how mental it was and the bond went, went off and like how much of an explosion Kobe was to him. So not only did it happen after a week where Kobe was a bit more out in the open, you know, like I think he went to, um, uh, he went back to, I think, it's, oh, I think it's Charlotte or like, or it's like the, the hometown where he grew up, either Chicago or Bobcat, so I can't bring to mind, but like everything that made him like kind of, he had more press attention or happened the week before. So he was, not only on the forefront of our mind, but you just know one. But this just came out of nowhere, you know, like you just you just wouldn't expect it. Everyone just thought he was enjoying his retirement on the up and up and then I just remember seeing that tell it was it was it was my mate. My mate found out before it like came out on Twitter. And I just I, and my mate, we talk about MBA but we hadn't spoken in like two months and we don't send like joke texts about it. It's just we just discuss MBA stuff. So like I knew he wasn't playing with me and I just I just couldn't believe it. And then I went on Twitter and was getting the drip feed updates and I don't know, I just sat in my chair for half an hour, I couldn't move. It's weird. It was wild it was wild. Has anyone seen um on Twitter apparent I don't know whether this is real or whether somebody's faked it, um, but somebody tweeted in two thousand and twelve that Kobe will die in a helicopter accident. Has anyone seen that? Does that, anyone know? I haven't, that, that seen it. That, I haven't seen it, but that doesn't sound like a. Re- if Kobe flied or flied, flew around in helicopters all the time, that yeah. doesn't seem like a stupid thing for somebody to tweet. Just, like that doesn't I mean, seem it, like it, something it, that someone yeah. would, like wouldn't say. It's not like he was scared of flying, and then someone went, "Oh, but he's going to die in a helicopter crash." Like that would be weird. It, yeah. Uh, I mean, the things that I just think about when I hear that is you should never wish anyone to die. Yeah, you never. That's why, like, and like, why like is somebody Simpsons bringing it up? It. That, yeah, that's but like what I was also why going to put out there and say like don't put why, any energy yeah. out that you you kind of don't wish to come true. So, but also as well, why would you think that's a relevant thing to post after his death? Like, give it a while. Give it a while. No, but the, the, well, it's, it it, should, it just show it goes to show how like insensitive some people are, and they will literally Yo, you want to talk about in, you want to talk about insensitive? So something that I wasn't aware of was the um, the two thousand and three sexual assault allegations i didn't know about that like it's just not something that i knew was a thing yeah and then a friend of mine yep. sent me um a tweet from uh evan rachel wood who is you know, she's got a lot of followers and she's verified i think she's some kind of feminist person and such tweeting saying 
What has happened is tragic. I'm heartbroken for Kobe's family. He was a sports hero. He was also a rapist. And all of these truths can exist simultaneously. I'm like, just shut the fuck up. Like, if you're going to make your stupid point, make it later. No, not, the de- not the day after. No, just don't make your fucking point at all. And also, there was no conviction. Do, do, I, I don't even care if there was a conviction. Just don't fucking make your point at all. Like I don't know. If Harvey Weinstein dies, everyone's perfectly okay to go rapist. Great. Like so, like I did, like I did, I did think about this in terms of how he'd be perceived because of that, of you know what happened, and you know, I think mean, like we don't, we don't. I'm not like defending if it did, but like we don't know what happened. I think, I think it was settled out of court. I think yes, the victim didn't correct. come and testify. So it's one of these things where, like, because for me, you know, if we knew exactly what went down and what everything happened, and I know how people view settlements and what they may mean, but. I don't know. It's one of these tough things. Like, obviously, I wouldn't agree with anything that happened. Um, but right now, just purely because we don't know, we don't know the full details. And I'm not saying this to defend his actions at all. No, absolutely not. No. But like, right now, we're like, we're like, kind of just talking about what we do know, which is the tragedy that he's that he's kind of. I just think that the away. worst, the worst thing yeah. that can, the worst thing oh, yeah. that can any any at any time happen to someone is them to die. So yeah. whatever wrongs they've done in their life there's no need to bring them up like they've, they've essentially no, well, like, it's a sliding no- scale of things isn't it like i said like to use my extreme example of harvey weinstein i don't expect anyone after he's died to be getting upset about tweets going oh well he was a fucking rapist and if someone was to turn around and go yeah but he made some great films i'd expect everyone to turn around and go shut the fuck up in this case we're talking about an allegation that there was no, there was never a conviction, and it was mm. settled out. At the end of the day, you have to. Uh, like, my opinion is the same with the whole Michael Jackson stuff. Yeah, like there was never a conviction; it was settled out. You just kind of have to let sleeping dogs lie. Yeah, yeah. And this is absolutely one of those cases where, yeah, and especially it's like, it's not even. There's something extra hurt, like sad about it. Obviously that. That something like that is even more insensitive because should someone like his wife see that, mm. that's not even just about her husband who's died. It's taking away from the fact that also her 13-year-old daughter has died too. Yeah. It, the tweet wasn't about her, but you're shifting attention away from that. You're, mm. you're shifting attention away from, actually, go fuck yourself. My husband and my daughter have just died. Yeah. Uh, yeah, super insensitive. Like, save your bullshit for give it give it six months at least. Like, no, let everyone grieve, douchebag. But yeah, man, that's it. So it's an unfortunate note to to end on, isn't it? But um, yeah, no, I, I think, say, I, I, think I, mean, I thought we'd save the, the heady stuff until the end. Yeah, yeah. I mean, every, everyone's still processing it. I'm still process, processing it a bit. That's the thing. Like, the only. You know, I say that I was fortunate enough when, uh, like, I did actually get a high five from Cody once. Um, Yo, that's sick. When, uh, I know it was, um, and like, he didn't know, like, it was needed to see me, but uh, they had there was an exhibition at, um, in Manchester, Great Britain versus USA. So um, as they were walking off, uh, I was in an area where, like, I can stick my hand out, you know, like one of those, like, fanboys. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, I got high fives from all the, you know, LeBron James, Cody, KD. Like, it was sick. sick but, that's really cool. Um, that's why, that's why like, so I can't be like, I met him. I just know. 
I want to uh, <laughs> end with something that I didn't know, and then we'll wrap it up. Yeah. Uh, did you know that he remixed No, No, No by Destiny's Child? He also did Say My Name. Mm-hmm. Uh, with the, and there's a, there's a bar here. You probably hate me now like Nostradamus. I'm just keeping it real with you, honest. I, thought, I, I like that. It was a nice... Uh, feels poignant. I don't know why. It just does. And on that really... Oh, yeah, no, I agree. Really, I agree. On that really dull note, it's going to end. Thank you so much, Mike. Shout out uh, to will... you, Mike, for coming through and... Well, that's all right through. we will we'll get I'm you always on gonna be here for in the room yeah. at some point very soon so i can feel Remember, even less knowledgeable when we're talking about things yeah maybe after i will always be game. here i was gonna say i'll always be here for nba playoffs as well man when yeah. stuff beats up.